thank you guys so much for joining back in. I just wanted to pop out and start off with the episode with kind of like, you know, if you guys have been listening, you know I took a couple weeks off, so you know I wanted to apologize for that and say that, you know, with the graduation and everything that's been happening, um, I just took the walk on uh, this Saturday. I'm going to be able to focus more time into the show, into everything that I've been uh, trying to work towards over these past few years. Um, I just uh, signed up to do MMA, so you know a lot of you guys know that I was doing the competition for jiu-jitsu. That was something I was really interested in. Now it's kind of evolved. I want to do MMA, and you guys are going to be a part of that journey like you were for the jiu-jitsu. So that's big, and then hopefully from there, you know... I can take the podcast where I've always wanted to a little, or a lot, and get into the local MMA scene, start talking to local boxers, local uh, uh, MMA fighters, local, you know, people who run gyms and everything like that. That's always been a big thing, getting interviews going and helping to promote people's brands. Uh, But, you know, I think that we'll talk more about that as time goes on, definitely, but I just wanted you guys to think about that and, you know, let me know what you think about that as a as a as an idea but anyway um we're just gonna pop right into it and get right and get started real quick uh we have a lot to catch up on since uh obviously it was a you know just a tough time before graduation and i couldn't get those episodes out so again sorry about that but um so today uh, I just put this in, brightened up the script for everything. Um, Naganu got signed back to the, uh, or Naganu's finally signed. He got signed to PFL. He has a contract that has been written up that gives him a lot of different benefits that wouldn't have been possible in the UFC. Um, we'll go over that and more about it later. Uh, the... UFC 291 and UFC 292 main cards were released yesterday during a special announcement by Dana White. Um, It was... For 291, you got Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier uh, main card and Jan Blackowicz, or Jan... Jan is going to be fighting Alex Pereira in his move up to light heavyweight. Um... The BMF uh, title is on the line between D- Dustin Poirier and uh, Justin Gaethje, and um, it's gonna be a gonna be a great one. Uh, Two ninety two that's in Boston. Looking to go to that myself if the card doesn't blow. So far, Aljo and Sean O'Malley are looking to headline it, and saying Wei Lee is fighting some chick for the co-main. Um, already not interested, sorry to female fighters, nothing against you at all, like, I'm gonna get more into it, I promise, but I'm just not paying money for Sean O'Malley and female fighters, it's just not happening, like, I, I saw Sean O'Malley versus Piotr Jan, I saw Al, Alcho versus everybody's fight, and I'm not watching that fight for, you know what I mean, $600, when I can watch it for free with the Russian link, you know? <laughs> but anyway. Sorry, I know this is supposed to be the catch-up. Dan Snyder, uh, in football talk, Dan Snyder is uh, selling the Washington Commanders for a price tag of over $6 billion, with the buyers being Magic Johnson and the six owner, Sixers owners. And in in one of the Sixers owners. Um, Jalen Hurts signed a five-year, $255 million contract that guarantees over $170 million, was slated to be the highest played player, paid player in the NFL at that point, and then, after bringing in OBJ3 uh, for one year at $13 million, in hopes to bring Lamar, the the... Baltimore Ravens signed Lamar Jackson to a five-year, $260 million contract, including $185 million in guaranteed money, making him officially the highest-paid player in the NFL as of today. Wow. 
Um, the NFL draft happened in that time frame since we last talked. We got Christian, or the Patriots selected Christian Gonzalez in the first round from the uh, Oregon Ducks. They helped strengthen their secondary. It's going to be a very, very fun year now with him back there. I think this defense will be insane. I, I really am... Um, I think people are underrating how good this defense... Sorry, I got so close. <laughs> people are underrating how good this defense is going to be, though. I, I don't know how much it's going to matter with the quality of the offense maybe being such a big issue, but we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, we also had more picks, but we'll talk about that. Uh, in the NBA, the playoffs are underway. Uh... They're over halfway over uh, from the first time we talked. They were just beginning, and now we're we just hit uh, the first game of round three. Um, we're about to hit game two tonight: Celtics versus the uh, Heat tonight, and Lakers at Nuggets were yesterday. Lakers came out with the L against the Nuggets when Nikola Jokic put up a almost quadruple double, or almost triple triple. He. Uh, just or triple quadruple I don't know what it was it was just a very unstained stat line had over 30 points over 20 assists and over 15 rebounds just doing things like that in the playoffs LeBron and AD were great but still didn't matter um Doc Rivers ousted as coach of the 76ers after his third straight second round exit I believe incredibly tough for him but I could see it I was telling people about it just the day it was happening I was like hey if he loses this game he's gone he's gone uh, Bruins go up 3-1 just to blow the lead since this is just since the last time we talked uh, just to blow the lead and lose it all in game seven very disappointing and the definition of a failure season we're not going to talk about this too much more so this is just getting it out retiring stars a record-breaking season and a big contract so it's kind of just looking like the Bruins from one two months ago to now are in completely different spots they were looking like potentially the best team of all time just a month ago now they're looking like heading to a completely different spot than they were last year uh maybe they pull the same type of turnaround that they had last year that people expected something and they got way more but i don't believe that's always possible we'll see we'll definitely see but um in ufc probably should have had these together but in the catch-up of the UFC um, Aljo secured another title defense and became one of the best bantamweights of the in history uh, with a win over Henry Cejudo um, Henry you know he he came in he gave it his best effort and I truly believe Aljo won that fight um, since then Max Holloway has pulled over Max Holloway pulled out a win over Arnold Allen. Um, really good fight. Max Holloway looked like the just the better fighter and re-secured his spot at the top of his division. Um, we had um, oh man, uh, I'm trying to think of the the fighter's name. Um, of course, Flatter there. Uh, Bryson Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell, Bryson, Bryce Mitchell pulled out of his fight, um, we had a few fights scheduled, but you know, things we're gonna probably remember and talk about as this goes on anyway, but, uh, we are gonna get into the episode now, so thank you guys so much for listening, and hopefully we have a great episode, we're gonna catch up on some stuff, and at the end of it, maybe some boxing, or some... Uh, I mean, like Undisputed, I got uh, the game and we can just live stream that, you know, have some fun. And outside of that, we'll talk about some TV that I've been watching.
Alright guys, so let's get right into it. Um, since we have a lot to catch up on, we're just going to break it up into little segments. We're going to bang it out. So first we're going to start off with basketball because I feel like that's a really big topic of the just the day. We got the Celtics at the Heat tonight, game one. Really interested in it. I think uh, I want to get in some early lines for you guys to, right before the game starts since uh, we're looking at... Um, I think it's an 8 o'clock start time. 8 or 8.30. Um, so that's pulling up pretty soon. We'll be done the episode probably by then, but we might still be doing the boxing. So let's just take a look and see about what we can um, gather from this series. So we have... actually some good luck with injuries right now where both teams seem to have the lineups um, that they want no 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 starters out I believe so that's important I um I am interested in what that means for the Celtics, because, you know, with that starting lineup, I do think they're one of the best teams in the league. So if they don't win, then it's kind of an issue. So. I am taking a look at it right now. And honestly, like... Since January, they had a huge turnaround, or they had a huge downturn, uh, but we were pushing the Celtics' agenda. We knew that they would they were as good as people had touted them to be, even with this first-year coach that has had struggles, their talent has succeeded through, and I truly believe that although the issues will come around to bite them in the ass if they play the Nuggets or even the Lakers I think that even right now they're just they're outmatching their opponents on paper and when it comes down to it I think that uh, a few players are gonna eat I think that tonight is gonna be a good game for the Celtics or I don't know about I think this is gonna be a good series for the Celtics I don't think it's gonna look like last year and I right now I'm calling it's gonna be an earlier one that people really believe I think this might even be the easiest or tied with the easiest series for the Celtics just based on matchup and overall, you know, the Heat being playing above their uh, their their water, putting their head above their own water for a little bit and, you know, it's going to catch up to them and they're going to get tired and they're going to look weak. Kind of like the Celtics did last year towards the end, even though they were the better team and won out. Um, so... That being said, you know, our other pick, which was not the Celtics to win the championship, the NBA championship, was the Clippers. So I guess you guys can see how that went for me. Um, I had the Clippers uh, back in January, I think. Um, but Kawhi's ankle injury in the first round really knocked that one out. So, yeah, that didn't happen. Um... We really kind of just had to focus on, uh, we had to focus on, um, the Celtics at that point, and I, I was still confident in them, though. I've been confident in them since the beginning. The only time I lost confidence at all was during Game 5 loss, uh, during the last series. I just, I was kind of blown away by that one. Um, you know, 6 and 7 were good turnarounds, you know, that it was very necessary. So, you know, I think that that was a, was a good showing for me. I, a lot of people are going to crap on that and say they shouldn't have been in that position, but great teams make bad decisions and pull out of it. And, you know, like the Celtics of the past, it's happened before where the degree, the better team ended up in a worse position and just because of their skill pulled out of it. I have no doubt that you know, that's what it was. 
and the Celtics, I truly believe, are going to win this round. This game, I'm scared of. They're eight and a half point favorites. Uh, oh, and they're actually less higher favorites than the Denver Nuggets are tomorrow. Although that game ended really close when Jokic had a crazy, crazy showing. So I guess I can see that. But yeah, that's where it's at. I don't know if I would take that. I, I, I think I would take... I think I would take the under on that one, the the eight and a half point spread. But hey, you know, that's just me. Um, honestly, I would probably take the under on that. the The total, I have no idea what the score is going to be, so I have no no interest in taking that bet. Um, but the But the money line, they're such heavy favorites that I think there's some value in taking the heat for this game because the Celtics have had bad showings early on. They usually split the first two. Honestly, you know, as the person who's looking at trends versus, like, just their Celtic love, it, it really does show for maybe a good opportunity to take the, the, the Celtics, or, I'm sorry, the heat when... You know, the pressure's on the Celtics as the better team, heavy favorites in their hometown, you know, where the Heat could just come in, play their game, and they have all they have to do is get one win. All they're looking for is one win in Boston, and from there, they can take us to seven, like the other teams have been able to or had the opportunity to. So that's what I'm thinking. If, you, if you're looking at that, that might be a good bet. And honestly... I think just because of where we are in terms of, like, you know, me wanting the Celtics to win, I'm going to take it. So, and because I ended up changing my pictures, I double did that. And you guys are going to have to deal with it. <laughs> but... I am taking a look. I've been thinking about taking some props early on. Before. For the future. So I just wanted to take a look and think with you guys. Um, but honestly. That's something we can do before the championship. And we'll still have that opportunity next week. So we might save a little bit of this for next week actually. Um. Celtics are sitting as favorites to win the finals, though. We're going to just talk about that. Um, Heat are currently incredibly underdogs. There might be some value in that one. But honestly, I just I couldn't take him. I would say the only value at this point is in the Lakers or the Nuggets, I guess, because of obviously their opportunity to win, in my opinion, versus Celtics. I think they might be they might be underrated favorites for this. So, I would say between those two are probably the most value, and then the Heat are just nothing. Hmm, Celtics are something. I mean, Heat are something because obviously they're so, you know, they're so far down, but I just, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to pull it out against the Celtics and the Nuggets in the, in the last two series. So, but that's it. That's all we're going to look at for this, um, you know. Not too much we won't need to talk about. We'll, we'll pop more into, like, the storylines. Like, Doc Rivers being fired. I mean, come on. that That's just kind of insane, especially as a Boston fan, to watch him go from kind of being one of the most touted coaches in the NBA. I was pissed about Brad Stevens coming in over him, and then to watch him kind of go to, you know, the Clippers, and I know he's on the Sixers. I, I think there was one other team maybe before the Clippers or between but and we see what's happened you know he's had some of the greatest uh talents of the past two decades on his past three decades you know if you include this next one that we're going to be in the 20 the early 2000s the 2010s and the 2020s 
if you count all three of those 10 years, decades, he's going to have great talents on each of them. He did nothing. He really he had one championship in Boston with the with the big three, was supposed to win more, did nothing after, did barely made out of the second round. I think he made out of the second round like one time. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure outside of his time with the Celtics. So, you know, with all of those names that have come through his building, including people like Kawhi, Chris Paul, um, list goes on you know it's 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 an incredible incredible list and you know for him to him to get knocked out again you know whether or not it's his fault in this game or other games it's just it's showing that his teams just don't win and he can't be the coach of a team if he can't win if they can't win like it has to be something and Joel Embiid is one of the best talents in the NBA if you know if he's not winning he's Either he's got to go or the coach has got to go. And right now, he just won MVP. Coach didn't win, you know. Coach of the year, one got to go. And I don't think it's going to be MVP. So, that happened. And, you know, I I don't know where Doc Rivers is going to go. But I don't think it's going to be a team. I think maybe maybe it's going to be like a Raptors or something like that. Where Nick Nurse just left. Because, like, at the end of the day... It's like a crappy team with not much to look forward to, but to get to the second round, you know, like that's what they kind of want. So I think at the end of the day, they might be, they might be okay with a doc, but, um, something that happened yesterday actually was the draft NBA draft lottery happened, uh, and the, Of course, of course. Oh, the San Antonio Spurs got the first pick in the NBA draft next year, earning themselves a shot at Victor um, when when Ben when Ben Nayama. I I should have learned how to say that before this episode, so I'm really sorry to him and his family. But um, the generational talent from the European League who is I think 72 to 74 and has an 8 foot wingspan with the ability to play ball at multiple positions incredible talent have been looked at as you know defensively a menace offensively going to be incredible I think if you're looking at it then this guy have the ability to control the NBA. You know, if he really lives up to the to the way that people are or the light that people are holding him to. Um dude is long, lanky, but like, you know, He's not necessarily weak looking though. You know, he has some muscle to him. But I need to see him play because that lankiness is just always, always, always an issue. And guys, they struggle to stay on the court and then as great as you are, you know, if they can only roll you out for some time or barely ever, then you're barely great. Because look at Zion. Great talent, but not on the court enough to really analyze it. Um, so... The Timberwolves got knocked out by the Lakers, um, just to catch up on some stuff. Um, Lakers also knocked out the Warriors. Uh, good to see the Warriors go. I'm happy to see, not have to f- see them again. That would be a finals matchup that I would actually just be annoyed by. Um, and the Knicks are knocked out. They could not secure the dub in, you know, 
something interesting because yeah, I just like to hear about the Knicks losing. An organization that should always be losers. But in other areas, the uh, uh. This house is a fucking prison. I'm now we're moving to football. You know, that, that was how I'd let you know. So, Patriots selected Christian Gonzalez, the top-rated corner, and with the 17th pick after moving back from the 14th. So, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I want you to let me know when you can. Because uh, I'm, I'm really interested. I think that, you know, a lot of people have... I, I think everybody's pretty much happy about the pick. So, that's understandable. And I think that, for me... The pick is... Whew, you know, it's... Really good, to be honest. And it's the first time I've ever been confident. And then... Ever. It's the first time in a few years that I felt confident in a first-round pick from the Patriots. You know, maybe that maybe it doesn't work out, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to shit on the pick. I'm not going to go and, you know, argue about it with my family. Uh, like I did with Cole Strange or something of that nature. I think that he could completely contribute to the team, regardless of what the team ends up being. It won't be his fault, because I think he's an incredibly talented player. So... I want to see how it works out. I think that he can be a, a huge part of this team going forward, at least until they have to pay him and he goes to another team. <laughs> so, the, the picks that came after, they were kind of centered towards defense and offensive guards and stuff like that. I, I didn't love that necessarily. Um, they had the funny meme with uh, the, the, the edge rusher, um, Keon. Keon White, uh, can't remember his name, but he really, you know, really a player that looks strong, looks good on tape, you know, definitely going to be a good part of the team going forward, hopefully he can make a pre uh, make his presence known, you know, make, make some contributions, but either way, at least he got to be a meme. Um, Lamar... Um, other than that, uh, I don't really care. I mean, some quarterbacks got drafted first. Blah. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. Who cares? We'll see. I want to see a Joe Burrow or something coming out of this league right now. That's, that's what I want. Another Joe Burrow. Joe Shiesty. That's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league right now. Ooh-wee. I want them Joe Burrow cards right now, baby. I see a good career for that man. But Lamar has surpassed Hertz to become the highest paid player in the league. We talked about that. And both QBs individually broke the record for their contract. So something that I wanted to just get right into is how people were saying Lamar stupid or just not going to be able to do it without an agent and how because it didn't work out when it was going through it was showing that and I was always of the of the belief that why would a negotiation be over like why is he a bad negotiator because the negotiations aren't done like, when the negotiations are done, we'll tell you if he's stupid for not having an agent. While they're still happening, you're stupid for judging him. Because look at the the people from, you know, sports radio, the people from TV, from ESPN and all that shit. All, all thought, there were a lot of them, a lot of people have said that he was incorrect for how he went about it. And look at how it turned around. He, he proved that there is guaranteed money in the NFL, that there isn't a need for an agent, and that there is, you know, 
intelligence behind the player. There isn't just some hollow, you know, mind inside of an insane physical athlete. So, let's fucking go, Lamar. Let's fucking go. Let's, you know, well, I want to see him play good and win a championship or something, but at the end of the day, he did what he said he had to do, and it's the same thing I'm going to fucking say about Francis Ngannou in 20 minutes. So, get ready. <laughs> that move though what do I think about the Ravens I think that they're going to be tied up with money I do think that's true and you know that is a good argument and why it's a tough one to make and you know they will be tied up but they're going to have a good offense they have good weapons his line isn't as necessary as other people's lines so you know hopefully they can you know save their pay what they have to in other places solidify the defense and you really can't have a unit of a team I mean as long as Lamar is there for most of the season, you can incredibly you can do incredibly well for for what you need to. Maybe not be first seed, maybe do maybe not even get a buy or something, but you would be able to make the playoffs, be first seed in your division. And then from there, you know, just do what you have to do to win the championship. Anything's possible at that point. Um, the Eagles are taking huge moves this year. They're solid, they solidified their defense. They made moves in free agency. They picked up players. So they it's going to be... They're going to be a, a unit this year. I think after last year and seeing how far they had the potential to go, they realized that they could do it if they had just, you know sure up a few things you know they're they have a good coach a good team a good quarterback it's possible and they're looking to do it as soon as possible no waiting hopping into it and i fucking love it i think you know i hate the team but i love how they're looking at it and how they're trying to do it and you know over over time you have to look at it and say they made the right decision with that quarterback you know unless unless he falls off hard then he does have a lot of skill that game was something he, he played a game so unless that was just a game then he was freaking nasty nasty i did want to touch on daniel snyder's selling sale of the washington commanders after 20 years of ownership to Magic Johnson and a partial owner of the 76ers organization. I think it's good. I think it's good for the organization of the Washington Commanders. I think it's good for the NFL. I think it's good for the fans of the NFL. And honestly, just, I think it's good because I do not like Dan Snyder. I think that he is a horrible person. I think he was a horrible owner. Didn't give a fuck about his organization, his players, and the people that worked for him and you know I think that's what happens when you're that person and look at him now so the no person sits above being too scummy and you know I like when that shit comes around and bites somebody in the ass and it bit him in the ass hard you know he fucking he's been a piece of shit to the organization for years he's been a piece of shit to the people in the organization for years and now it comes you know full circle even the most powerful men in the industries can't can't really do it forever. Especially when you're friggin' world famous. Like, what the fuck? But, anyway. Oh. NFL contract came out. NFL contract. NFL schedule came out. So. Patriots are slated to have a pretty tough year. Um. They have a game with the Chiefs. Eagles are their opener. Um, I think they have a... No, I don't know. I don't know if they have a, a, a Christmas game this year. But they do have um, a game in Germany. I think it's against the Colts. Hopefully we can secure a dub over there. But with the travel to Germany and everything like that, you never know. 
could take an effect on the players. Hopefully not, but could. You know, things like that are tough on players, tough on people. So, you know, hopefully they can pull it together and not be like that, but this is the Patriots. They are not the same team that we remember from five to ten years ago. Um, I do think that the... I do think that... Patriots... The Patriots are in a position to have a good season, but the schedule being what it is, I think they're going to end up between 8 and 10 wins. I think that 7 is incredibly possible. I think 6 is about out of the picture with what it looks like. I don't see anything above 10. I mean, 10, I I could actually, I could work out a possibility of 10. 11, if, it, I, I like, I don't see a possibility of it. I, I wouldn't bet on it in any way, shape, or form. But, like, if it happens, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, this is the crazy... If 12 wins, I'd be like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, there's, there's no humanly way they, they should have done this. But 11, I'd say, is a miracle that God didn't need to do. 10, doable. 9, should be. 8, bad, but probable. And then anything below 7 is just probably and horrible just horrible no exception if it's below eight belichick should be gone belichick should be out of here i don't care if you're sitting here you're talking shit about fucking some coach like joe mazula in basketball about you know how he's doing in his organization with it going you know he's been handed a team that he's no control of he, he he's first year after being moved up from second row coaching from a friggin not even a you know a, a B league team to like a friggin you know the top of the top Belichick has been in control of his seat forever every aspect of it he controls it he makes it go he he has the full thing and he's sitting here and he hasn't done crap in years if he ends up worse in non rebuild year then that's that's unacceptable i just can't, i can't do it i cannot do that i would not buy anything for that team i would not like i'm 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 honestly already pretty far away from it but like definitely at that point no merchandise nothing for the team if they fucking allow belichick to come back after a year of fucking seven wins six wins for the patriots in a 17 game season you know that's bull. That's that's impossible. The schedule isn't that bad at all. At all. You got some tough games in there. You got some winnable ones too, though. So, I, I'll just get that out of the way. Please. He is not justified in winning anything below 8. 8 is, eight is the minimum. 8 is where he... Where he should be the most, like, uncomfortable operationally. Everything else is just, it's just malarkey. I, I think that, you know, the Jets wins are not going to be there anymore like they used to be, you know, it used to be guaranteed two wins every year. Not anymore. We're going to have to worry about that. And that's something that I think is going to be a huge issue for the Patriots, and I don't know if we're necessarily in that belief yet. I think that it might be something that comes around to be on a tough wake-up call for us. But to be on a little bit of a more positive topic, you know, I feel like uh, when I get into the UFC, I get a little bit more just neutral and positive. The Patriots, it's very tough for me. So we'll, get, we'll, we'll talk about the UFC. Um, Ultimate Fighters coming up. We got the premiere on May 30th. Really interesting. The guys have been building up the hype. Both fighters have been talking about it. Chandler, McGregor. Really, really big stuff coming. Um, so, uh, we have um, 
we've had some interesting cards recently, some interesting fight nights. Uh, we had a Holloway card. Um, so Holloway secured his position over um, everybody except for pretty much Volk. I mean, he's beaten Yair, so, you know, he pretty much sits at the top. You have Josh Emmett, who lost to Yair, fighting Ilya to see who is below them. And then you have Arnold Allen at that point, who is kind of fighting for the next chops between those three guys. Um, honestly, you know, it's incredible division, a lot of talent between those guys and Whoever wins deserves it, but I, I think that Volk is still the one above all, you know, at that point. And I think that, you know, we'll see if Holloway gets another immediate rematch if Yair loses. But I, I don't know if that's still the case automatically. I think he, he there's still a chance he might have to go through one more fighter before he ends up getting just instant rematch rights because of his three losses. Um... So we saw the Blades and Pavlovich fight decide the a part of the future of the UFC heavyweight division. Uh, Pavlovich, who we did bet against and believe was going to lose from the beginning, secured a victory in the first round, continuing his knockout streak, his first round knockout streak. I think it was seven fights now, um, or six or seven fights now, um, but incredible 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 he did it again curtis blades we thought would just destroy him alistair overeem style just have him fighting for his life in areas that he's uncomfortable but when you're when you can't even get there there's no point and i think that that was curtis blades issue his striking is so abysmal that he can't even get to that point and even though he's worked on his striking and taking it above you know and the notch that it was in the beginning it really isn't fucking anything to talk about at the, still and as we saw it's so far below anything to talk about he shouldn't be considered a contender for the heavyweight title until until it's in a completely different spot and it looks a lot worse he has no shot against most of these guys unless it's a haymaker from god you know which i guess every guy does every guy has that shot but it's a tough one to see that coming out and it's just very disappointing put money on it everything like that had a lot of faith in him you know and just nothing to show for it nothing to show for the loss uh, definitely disappointment um, do it. I think Pavlovich would have a good matchup for um, John Jones, but honestly, I think Alistair Overeem laid the game plan of what John Jones would do to him, and I think that that wouldn't be a great fight. I think that Blades was the better fight, but it was only because I think that John Jones striking is right now not in the level that he used to be and I think that it's not like Sergey where he has the knockout power to be able to hurt somebody real real bad on those clips so I I was just looking at it and I felt like that would happen but we'll never see that fight now so you know Stipe is our best opportunity because I think that John Jones really does fucking murder Sergey Pavlovich if they fight they might be a five round, three round murder scene, you know, it might not be a quick one, but I think it'll just be three rounds of just this dude getting tapped, punched, being on the ground. Everything you could possibly believe it'll be happening on the ground between them. Um But it with um, but outside of the division, I mean, a lot of stuff has been starting to build up. You know, you have the Adesanya and Pereira fight that was looking like it was going to happen. I mean, it was really supposed to be another fight seemingly as they were kind of getting back into the beef together he announced Alex Pereira announced a move up to light heavyweight but 
then he was saying, no, no, it's not going to happen. I want to fight her or Izzy again. And then all of a sudden, Izzy kind of went quiet. He went quiet. And his light heavyweight move up was official. But anyway, told you so. I knew Alex Pereira would move up. We, we knew that weight cut was brutal before people started talking about it. We saw it. And it was just a necessary move. I, I I don't I have nothing against it and I think it's a good one for him. Or I have nothing against it. I think it's a bad one for him actually. A good one for Izzy and a good one for the UFC. So let me be clear with that and what I think is like Alex Pereira was dominating these guys physically. The guys he's going to be fighting now are just a physical... There's physical differences between them. That's why Adesanya is the GOAT of his division. And then he goes up and loses to guys who are really good. Really good. But not great, even. He he is going to lose his physical advantages and then be a worse version of Adesanya with slightly more physical advantages. I, I don't see that winning against somebody like Jan, who's just has the actual physical strength to take you down and hold you down, unlike what Israel Adesanya would do, or unlike what Sean Strickland could do. You know, these people can't do this stuff, but when you move up to light heavyweight, Jan, he can do that to you. Magomed, he will do that to you, so that's not a good move for him. I just don't see any wins in that division for him outside of, you know, some lower-ranked people in the beginning, at least, to build up, you know, what he to see what he has to do. I think he has to take that loss, though, and either move back down or see what he has at a lower rank to to build up to the the idea of what it is or what it takes to survive in that division. No confidence, so you guys know that, but still. Um, so we have Bo Nickel returning. I think that they're setting this dude Tristan Gore to, to the, to the Wolves. I think that he's a horrible matchup for Bo. I think Bo is going to annihilate him. I'm really excited to see Bo back, but I kind of just like, well, that's that's fucking stupid. I don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that crap. Um, we talked about Ilya Torpia. He's back at Topiria. He's back against Emmett. I, I really... They have Emmett as a heavy underdog in that one. After his loss to Yair, which I can see, he was kind of fucking dominated. And Ilya just pulled out a really good win over Bryce Mitchell. I don't think Bryce Mitchell's fucking good. I really fucking don't. I mean, I think he... Of course he's good, but I don't think he's fucking... I mean, he's he's gotten wins over dudes who are... Who are bad matchups for him specifically. But, you know, I don't think that Joshua Emmett... I think he's a more overall, well-rounded player fighter who's going to be able to hold hold down the things that Ilya was able to take advantage of when he was fighting Bryce Mitchell. So, I think there's some value in the Josh Emmett bet, especially considering where he was before he went into that fight. Um... Let's check it out, you know? Let's check it out soon. Um, we got some time before it. But, yeah, that line's kind of been, kind of been steady. Um, you got Oliveria, Oliveira and D uh, Dariush. Um, I think we, we've talked about that one already, obviously. But, um, you have Oliveira still sitting as the underdog. Um, 10 to 1 odds. He's looking pretty good. For my opinion, you know, to be able to pull off a victory, he's easily one of the best fighters. Um, in middleweight, in history of that division. Wait, now I have to check it out. Okay. In the, the history of the lightweight division. My bad. My bad. That's what I thought it was. But, anyway. 
I think that his ability to chase submissions, his striking, which is not as good as we thought it was, but is really good because Islam Makhachev is incredibly underrated in striking, will be a lot for somebody like um, Dariush. I think Dariush has very little flaws in his game and is going to be a monster, but I don't I don't see him having something that's going to be able to take down Islam Makhachev or take down um, Charles Oliveira in the same way or take down Charles Oliveira a peg in the same way that Islam Makhachev's wrestling or grappling were able to. Nobody can do that. Dariush maybe is very close. He can't do it. It's just not possible. And that's why I believe... Charles Oliveira pulls out the victory, whether it's through submission or through knockout. I don't know. But I do believe. Uh, no, I don't think it's through knockout. I believe it's either through submission or we see Darius win through rounds. I mean, he has a better ability to control a fight throughout, you know, the whole fight. Less, less, I, I'd say not less, but... Actually, it would. The better way to put it would be his more intelligence and his fight IQ, and would be more willing to sit back and take the fight to him when necessary, but hold back and just get the punches that he needs to. So, I have a lot of faith in Dariush in that way. But you know, I, I, I would want to fucking bet uh, Charles for the fucking submission one. That's what a man does. That's what the fucking man does. Um. So, we've also recently had the, um, the Costa versus Shemaya fight moved out. And the Shemaya versus Uzman fight become the more likely contender as what is going to happen. Looks like Costa's going to face somebody else at 291, and Shamayev is going to face Uzman as soon as both of them are just ready to do it, probably in Saudi or something like that, since Uzman's agent is Ali, and Shamayev is huge in the Middle East, just like all of them are. So, you know, we love that. Um, then we have... The, um, other 291 fight released, it's Stephen Thompson versus Michael Pereira. Gonna be a very interesting fight to see Stephen Thompson back. Uh, I, he's a heavier favorite, um, and I, I do take him in this one. I, I want to do a little bit more research, but I'm a big Stephen Thompson fan, like a lot of people are at this point, and I want to see where where he stands in terms of the matchup before I do anything with taking it. Uh, the Robert Whitaker versus Driscus fight is coming up. We talked about that a little bit in our last episode. Um, oh, actually, I don't know if we did. I might have been announced since the last episode, so my bad. Um, it's a huge middleweight fight that could serve as the, the title eliminator for the next fight. Um, and just completely changes the way the division is formed if an upset happens um should be a great fight for rob to show his dominance and kind of take over and really beat the fuck out of driscus i have no doubt that robert whitaker has the ability to take that win and even get the finish and end his like streak of not finishing fighters but you know driscus is a monster like a lot of these guys are and he has the ability to pull it out i just need to see this shit happen like that would be insane like, you know, he, he puts himself in position to get the title shot against Izzy, maybe in Africa. That would be fucking hilarious and just awesome. Um, so, in another fight news um, that actually has happened and had an effect on the, their division, Bilal secured the victory over Gilbert Burns on short notice. Gilbert secured Gilbert uh, received their 
Gilbert uh, had an injury when the fight went to the ground during his first takedown. Gilbert hurt his shoulder, uh, had a tear in his ACL, I believe. Um, incredibly tough fight for him. Had to go the rest of the fight fighting pretty much with one arm. Looked horrible for a lot of it. Didn't get knocked out or anything, which looks bad on Bilal, but did look horrible. Definitely lost. Bilal won it. Very boring fight. I am. I just want to see where they go in the future with Gilbert. I don't know what his career holds for him now. He's older. I think he's about 37. He just has a lot of uh, damage on his body, obviously. He has a lot of time on his body. So, you know, it's going to be tough for him, but Bilal put himself in position for the title. No injuries. Kind of had a pretty dominant fight, or he had a pretty dominant fight, but didn't, you know, kind of had an easier fight, um, taking it on short notice as well after Ramadan. Just, you know, very tough, awesome guy for doing all of that, and, you know, I'm excited to see him get the opportunity when the Leon versus Colby fight happens, or if he takes it over Colby, I don't think I'm too mad about that. Um, I think the whole Kobe sells thing is a little bit overrated. I don't think Bilal sells. I do think that's untrue. But it's the ultimate fighting championship, not the ultimate fucking championship. Like, nobody should fucking have to sell themselves to get their shot at the title. It's a championship, and the best should get it. That doesn't happen, but whatever. That's what I, that's what I believe. Back in my day. <laughs> um... So, kind of want to wrap up on another MMA for, you know, just notes about other stuff. Um, the one fight happened two weeks ago, I think now, three weeks ago now, um, around that. Uh, we had uh, Demetrius Johnson and um, Reyes have their trilogy fight, and it was an incredible matchup. Two guys who have kind of went at it, or who have definitely went at it for three fights now, and Demetrius Johnson secured his third or second win in the three fights. Um, he won by decision and hasn't decided on retirement, but is thinking about that, moving in that direction, and could have about one more fight or be retired now. So, you know, just wanted to talk about that since he's one of the greatest of the sport, one of my favorite fighters, and just one of the best of all time. Really, really a good role model to strive for for everybody. Um, Maria is, on a fun note, is the only fighter to actually stop uh, Demetrius Johnson in his esteemed career. Um, you know, very few losses, just a great guy, a uh, great fighter. And, you know, for Maria to have that on his, you know, record, definitely awesome. Uh, Good luck to both of them. Good luck to Demetrius Johnson in winning that title. And hopefully, you know, he finds happiness in his retirement. Uh, Rod Tang was back for his for a match with Edgar Tubes. Tubes. Uh, he secured the knockout victory to continue his reign uh, with the flyweight uh, belt. And I gotta say, it was an interesting matchup. Rod Tang is just head and toes better than a lot of the guys in the division. I, I want to see him against some of the other people, but right now he's a friggin' monster and really has the ability to to match up with anybody. I don't know a ton about Muay Thai, but I do know that when you watch him, you you understand the 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 difference in the fighting skill, the fight gap, the skill gap, the skill gap between the fighters, and just where you know where you where they're going to be or where they need to go to get another fighter that's actually like worth watching when it comes to rotting. Um and then a fun one for all our jujitsu fans is Mikey Musici um is back. Um he's out representing and popularizing Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a fun pretty chill dude and I love that. You know, I think that that's a lot of what jiu-jitsu is. There's not there's ego, but I think a lot of it is just chill dudes who are trying to enjoy themselves, learn the art, and, you know, do their thing. Um, he secured his uh, flyweight uh, grappling belt over um, his opponent. Forget the name. Uh, but, you know, uh, third third victory or fourth victory in one. And, you know, cements himself as one of the most known and skilled grapplers in the world. He'll continue to grow the sport, and I think it's fucking awesome for it, and awesome for the, awesome for everybody who does it.
So that's kind of the note I want to end on there. Um, so, you know, thank you guys for watching. I really appreciate everything with that. You know, it was a lot to catch up on. We're probably going to, like, talk about some stuff we missed uh, in this episode next week. And then, you know, just kind of pop into a more chill, casual episode. It's going to be tougher to get content soon because most of the fun sports are going to be wrapped up. And it's just going to be UFC and baseball, really. But, you know, we'll, we'll find stuff. We'll, we'll definitely make it work. And hopefully this is the opportunity we have to get more into the grappling and, uh, and the MMA side of it. So we'll, we'll let you know. Uh, maybe other leagues of MMA, stuff like that. Um, you know, stuff to, we could bet on, stuff that we could pay attention to. Tons of opportunities. Um, something I also, before I go, wanted to talk about, and I definitely will pop the ending after this, um, maybe do some undisputed streaming but like only very little bit of it maybe one fight um is that uh pokemon go so i know we've talked about that i've talked about how this is a show that also includes topic of the topic of pokemon go we just don't talk about it that much because you know a lot of other stuff that we have on our plates obviously but very 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 disappointed with the decisions that pokemon go has made over the last few months i I have been a very big fan of Pokemon Go. Started playing two days after the start. Uh, level 42 account. Or level 41 account. Um, definitely have invested a decent amount of money into the game. I've invested a lot of time. For sure into the game. A lot of nights. A lot of, you know, just chilling out. Doing stuff. Or just driving, you know, to spots. So that I can, like, hang out and play Pokemon Go. Different things like that. It, you know. It's a game. I'm not that, like, hurt over it, but I thought this is a good opportunity for me to kind of talk and air my grievances with the game in a way that isn't as, you know, toxic as maybe some of the things that I've seen online that I definitely understand can be overbearing for creators and people who have large names that are, like, in, in the games, like, uh, that make content for the game or surrounding the game. But they're moving in the wrong direction. I just believe it. I believe it wholeheartedly. You know, I, I am of the belief that if you are making raid passes, you know, if you're limiting the amount of raid passes to limit uh, remote raids, uh, remote raid passes to limit, like, how many remote raids a person can do to promote in-person raiding, I get that, right? We, we want a more in-person game. It gets people going. It's the whole point of the game. Why raise the price? What is that doing? It, it doesn't serve any purpose outside of their profit, right? And you can say that, like, hey, well, I guess it's just a business and, you know, that's for their profit. But they're already doing stuff to hurt the game. And then they're just outright making a profit decision on their customers' backs for no reason. I just think it's a horrible move. You know, I, I truly believe that, you know raids are harder to do for some people than others so the five raids that we can do why do we have to shell out now just under 200 coins versus i believe was 150 which was already raised above what it was before for something that obviously you know what i mean people pay money to get the passes for so you know i just believe that that was a cash grab on people who they're already fucking out of a seven-year-old game or yeah a seven-year-old game i i don't get the people who defend that aspect of it i think that with this game you want community for in-person rating that's the whole point and when you drive people away doing stuff like this and making decisions of this nature there's going to be less community and sure you'll maybe always be able to find something but I love this game, I think, as much as a lot of people. Maybe not as much as others, and maybe more than a lot. But if the game doesn't have community, the game is nothing. It won't, it won't survive. It'll go the way of all of the other Niantic games. Probably the way of the period, whatever, bullcrap that you have to pay to breed an animal in. The, the company is obviously in a place where they made tons of money on Pokemon Go, giving them the 
idea that they could do what they wanted with their game and it would survive and they would survive. Now they're testing it. And I don't believe it's going to work out for them. At least in terms of their this gaming aspect of it. I just don't believe it will. I think they're going to have no games in their portfolio in three to four years if they continue down this road. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you guys don't hate that too much. I'll probably post that bit on Twitter or something. YouTube and see if uh, you guys like it. But I hope you guys have a great one. And thank you for listening to Jacob at night.